In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's never not shocking to hear this gospel lesson. It's never not shocking to hear Jesus say, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, cannot be my disciples. Jesus is telling us here to hate our family. He even goes on to tell us that none of us can become his disciples if we do not give up all of our possessions. And he says this is the cost of discipleship. He says it's like if you were to go build a tower, you would estimate the cost beforehand to finish the project. Well, if you're going to be Jesus' disciple, you'll want to consider the cost. And it seems in our gospel reading that the cost is hating your family. The cost is giving up everything you own. And so usually preachers like me have the job of trying to make Jesus' words easier, right? To, to take away the shock. Because we know that Jesus did not hate his mother. We know that he cared for his family. We know that Jesus did not call all of those who followed him to give up all their possessions. So what is Jesus actually telling us to do? What's the takeaway here? The story of Philemon and Onesimus that we've gotten in our second reading, I think is a good illustration of what Jesus is telling us. So what we have read this morning is pretty much the whole book of Philemon. It's just one chapter, 24 verses. And so what we read is St. Paul's short letter to a man named Philemon. And so like a lot of the New Testament, we're reading someone else's mail. So we have to attempt to piece together a bigger story from the mail we have. And so in this case, we learn that Philemon has a slave named Onesimus, which means useful in Greek, and that Onesimus has likely stolen money from Philemon and then has run away. And Onesimus may have come to St. Paul for a kind of refuge, for a safe harbor, after the crimes that he has committed. And so just for some context, in the Roman Empire, slavery was perfectly legal. Actually, it's estimated that about a third of the empire's population was made of slaves. And these slaves were completely the property of the owner. They had no rights at all. There were no limitations on what an owner could do to a slave. And so it was not nicer or easier than maybe what we think of as slavery in America. It was a little different from American slavery because it was not based on race. Slaves were descendants of prisoners of war and captured during war, but they could be from any which land. Whereas in America, slavery was race-based. It was enslaving people from West Central Africa and their children. But in the Roman Empire, you had real no way, no way to tell if someone was a slave by just looking at them. And so it was easy for someone like Onesimus to run away, to leave. However, the consequences for leaving were serious. The consequences for running away as a slave were certain torture, certain death. If you were caught, you would be humiliated. And so Onesimus, having left Philemon's house, his master's house, comes to St. Paul. And perhaps he had met Paul before, perhaps he knew him by reputation. And at this time, Paul is likely under house arrest himself in Rome. He says he's in chains. And it appears to us that Onesimus has become a Christian when he came to Paul, 
He was baptized. He was born again. Paul says that Onesimus, this runaway slave, has become his child. Paul calls Onesimus his very own heart. And in making a pun on Onesimus' name, Paul says, he who once was useless has now become useful. Paul then says he would like to keep Onesimus with him, but instead he's going to send him back to Philemon. And that, of course, might seem dangerous. Philemon has a legal expectation to see that Onesimus is punished, even executed for his crimes. Onesimus had stolen from him and had run away. And so Philemon has to weigh this question. What kind of example would it be to the other slaves in the community if Onesimus is simply forgiven? But this is what Paul is asking of Philemon. He says to accept Onesimus, this runaway slave, not as a slave, but as a brother. Paul is saying that through baptism, Onesimus is now Philemon's brother. And that having a brother is infinitely more valuable than having a slave. Paul is asking Philemon to forgive and to reconcile and to accept this runaway slave as a brother. To accept Philemon, to accept Philemon as a brother, to accept Onesimus as a brother is for Philemon to give up his rights. He has a right to punish Onesimus. He has a right to seek recompense for the wrongs that have been committed to him. He has a legal, even obligation, to see that justice is done to this runaway slave. And for Philemon, this might give him a reputation as someone dishonorable. It might make him seem weak. It might make him an outcast to other wealthy men in the community. And Paul is asking this runaway slave, Onesimus, to return to his owner the owner who has a legal obligation to punish him. Gosh, that seems dangerous. Paul is asking Onesimus to risk death, to risk bodily harm to go back. Now, I'm confident that Paul would not have sent him back if he believed that to be the case. But Paul knows the power of the gospel to reconcile. Paul knows the power of the gospel to transform hearts. And he is asking Onesimus to go back as a brother, not as a slave. He is asking Onesimus, the runaway slave, to receive something that is forgiveness and fellowship and true community. And in the reconciliation of the two, they are to become a blessing to one another, to become of infinite value to one another. But it requires both men to say that there are more important and better things in their lives than being right. There is more important things in their lives than just their reputation. There is more than even their very own lives at stake here, and it's more powerful than even that. Well, that's Jesus' point in our gospel. Do we imagine that there is more at stake in this world than our family? Most people will list their family as their highest priority. Families are generally why we do what we do. Our time is committed to bettering our family. We serve them, we work for them, we love them. We bear a family name and identity. We work to create a family reputation. And the Bible teaches us that there's nothing wrong with that. But can we imagine that there's more? Philemon is asked to believe that there is more to Onesimus 
than a runaway slave. We too are asked to consider that there is more to one another than just the ties of this world. The grace of our baptisms is to be more powerful for us than even the ties of our family names. Likewise, can we imagine that there is more to this life than just being right? Is there more than just possessions, more than just success? Can there be a whole new identity for us? As Christians, our identities are changed. When we're baptized, we're no longer condemned sinners in the eyes of God, but we're his very own children. We are changed from spiritual orphans to full members of the family of God. We become inheritors of eternal life. And we get there by letting go of all the things that bring us false security in this world and by instead receiving what Christ has done for us on the cross. Christ calls us to carry the cross that's given to us. That is to put down the things that seem important in this world. Because the truth is our families can become idols, our possessions can become idols, our reputations can become idols, and we can come to believe that our whole world centers on them. But when we put these things aside and no longer make them our only priority, then we have the opportunity to receive that which is better. Philemon puts aside a need to be right, a need to get revenge, a need to get payment. He puts this aside and he gains a brother. He is able to imagine that God has created a hopeful situation out of a hopeless one. In the same way, when we begin to put aside the belief that our world is about our family or our job or our possessions or our reputation, we will gain something because we gain the freedom of the cross. That's the freedom to live restfully in the truth that God is your father. It's the freedom to remember that you have been born again as God's child. And being born again, we can follow Jesus as his disciples not clinging on to the things of this world, not clinging on to anything that might weigh us down, but clinging to the hope that he offers. Because in him, there is a greater hope in this world. Amen.